Welcome to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, where we help you take ownership of your health and fitness. My name is Hannah, and I am here to be your source of accurate health and fitness information while spreading awareness about all of the different health and fitness resources available to you in the Charleston area. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Hannah. And on today's episode, I got to talk with the lovely ladies of Rising Tide Wellness, Erin and Jean. Rising Tide Wellness is a functional medicine practice here in Charleston that serves to make healthy living simple and reverse chronic disease by finding and treating the root cause so that you can learn what your body needs to thrive. Aaron and Jean both shared their stories of what led them to practice functional medicine, and they opened up about their own health struggles and goals and journey, and they shared what they think is important as it relates to functional medicine and really health in general. So we talk a lot about taking ownership of your health, needing to be ready to do the work, westernized medicine, uh, and how to create the health and the life you want. So before we start, make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And now, Erin and Jean. Welcome, Jean and Erin, to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Tuesday. How's your week going? Good week so far. It's going good. Yeah. Recovering from the red eye from getting back from LA last weekend. Yeah, so still getting into trip. it. Yes. We did. Yeah. And what were y'all in LA for? Um, we're part of a mastermind group um, with Bo Eason, and we were doing a week-long training for several different topics, but business and personal development related. Yeah, it's a big week. Yeah. And far away. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So can you tell us what y'all do here in Charleston? So we are co-owners of a virtual functional medicine practice called Rising Tide Wellness. Um, we've been open for about a year and a half. And so we've just been able to, I mean, there's a whole bunch that kind of led us into this space, but we've just been able to really create a platform of care that after years of almost 10 years of doing this work, that we really feel like is the way that functional medicine can be delivered should in the most effective, yes. yeah, should be delivered in the most effective um, way. And it's, uh, we just love it so much. I mean, it's so fun to be able to work in this space and deliver care kind of in the, in, in this way. So y'all opened in 2022, year and a half ago. Yes. I want to know your stories of how you met, what led you, because you were obviously both doing things before, what led you to open Rising Tide Wellness together? Who wants to start? I'll start. Um, well, so I'm a physician assistant, and I started my career in allergy, asthma, and immunology. I used to practice in New York City. And in my younger 20s, I had had half my thyroid removed because I had a nodule that they couldn't determine whether it was benign um, completely. So I had half my thyroid removed at 22, and everybody said, that's fine. You know, you can go on, and, and life will be good, and everything will be normal. And I started to have more and more health issues, um, most predominantly in, in my mid-20s was just chronic pain every single day. Um, was really bad at one point when I was practicing in New York. I would, with patients waiting on me in the waiting room, sneak out the side utility door, run the three city blocks to my chiro chiropractor's office just oh, so that I goodness. could make it through the day. And I usually did that probably two or three times a week. Um, and you know, but I was thinking that I was a young, healthy person, and this is just what a, 
you know, having a job and being stressed this as is an normal. adult is, yeah. yes. So fast forward almost 10 more years of making my way to different doctors, starting to have blood pressure issues and other hormone issues. Um, nobody seemed to think that there was a problem and kept telling me everything was fine, which I know is something a lot of our patients hear, um, is that everything's fine and your labs are fine. And one day I was driving across the crosstown here in Charleston and I saw a billboard with Jean's beautiful face no on it way. That's that great. said, live your best life. <laughs> and I was, I, I mean, I burst into tears because I was trying so hard at that point to live my best life with two toddlers at home and, and just really, really struggling. And thankfully she had just started. And so the next day I was able to be sitting in front of her telling her my story. And she said, I think you don't have any thyroid hormone or any other hormones for that matter. And that was the beginning of, of this. Yeah. It's always so crazy for me to hear Erin tell this story. I've obviously heard it a whole bunch of times, but like, you know, when, when I think about, I mean, that's a long time to have been in pain and to be Miserable. like, and, and searching for answers. And it makes you, and this is a story, you know, I, I just, I, when I met her, I had been in practice for like six or seven years at that point. So, I, you know, that was just not even on my radar that that was how people lived and, and suffered. And so, you know, once she came in and this is always the funny part to me of the story, like I literally just started in this space, which I landed in in total dumb luck. I was offered a job with better hours and better pay, and that there like you that go. you took it. Like, I and took it, and it like board. oh, I know, I know. And then I didn't also at that point that I'd been to one training course. Um, at that point on hormone replacement, I literally knew how to do one thing as it related to thyroid, um, and that was thankfully the one thing that Aaron needed. Oh wow! Um, which now being ten, you know eight plus years into it, I understand that that is a very common thing because, um, you know, a lot of people fall into that category, not necessarily having your thyroid removed. Your thyroid can be impacted by lots of different factors, but yeah. So I knew how to do the one thing, did the one thing and she came back, felt amazing, which I was like, Ooh, yay. It yes. worked. It worked. <laughs> I can do something. So, so fun. It worked. <laughs> but like, it, it was also like, Yes, it was the one thing that I did for her, but it was also, and I, and again, I didn't know this at the time, but it was also all the work that she had done. So when she came back to me, she, she had already started diving into kind of the functional medicine, root cause medicine, because, you know, after you've been offered an antidepressant, told you are, you know, crazy and that this is just like what life is like with two toddlers, like, and I, you know, that you get pretty resentful. Um, how common is that? That you're told, this is just what life is like. Very, you, have, you have two kids. Sorry. Yeah. Very. And I I think it's, you know, we could get on a whole big long soapbox about women's health and why that's the case as it relates to women. But yeah. So Erin came into my office. She was feeling great. Yay for that. And then she had also, but she had done a whole bunch of back work on her own to make that thyroid support that I'd given her work. Um, and you know, she was super excited. She was honestly like, I mean, you describe it as what, like the lights being turned on. Oh yeah. Literally like somebody yeah. flipped a light switch. For yeah. Me. It was that different. Like that mm -hmm. noticeable. Yeah. Like yeah. my, one of my nurses at the time, this, I was still back in allergy and asthma. She said one day when I came out of the visit room with the patient, Oh, your brain is back. 
this oh is my- so good. And I was like, oh, I thought I had been hiding that nicely, but she said no. Oh, man. I mean, and I had stopped socializing because it was so difficult for me to put sentences together. I mean, it really, your thyroid is just the lifeblood of every single cell in your body. So that was was a big deal. But yeah, that was humbling. So, and and then Erin literally opened my eyes to a whole new world that I didn't even know existed, which is the idea of functional Functional medicine, medicine. which is root cause. Like what's the why behind why do you get sick instead of just band-aiding symptoms with a pill, which is kind of the traditional model, um, you know, looking at the why, why do you get sick? And so she literally opened my eyes to all sorts of things that I didn't even know existed. And this was when I, we were, I was at a previous job and I went to my employer at the time and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. There's so much stuff that we don't know about. And I have a girl who knows way more than I do. And she's a PA. So she ultimately ended up joining our practice. And she and I went through a whole, whole, whole bunch of training together. And and it was like literally every single course, every year. Uh, I, I mean, it was just like mind blowing that like, holy crap, this is... well. But it available was, to people, it available. and it's, an, it's such an untapped resource. Mm-hmm. And so we, oh, well, sorry. I was just to say, but also in the space that we were in, we kept trying to set up different ways to make it available to our patients. And the conventional space just does not allow. And, you know, we really just were getting so frustrated with feeling like we weren't delivering the care that we knew people could have. Oh, it was as a, a lot. Care yeah. provider, that's like the worst feeling ever. It's like, well, it was a lot of like trying to fit a round peg into a square yeah. hole, and we were able to kind of do it, but we weren't hitting because there's such there's so many layers to this work. We just we were like the people that were engaged, that were motivated, that were ready to that were committed and already had a little bit of a background in it. They were the ones that that were successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also was us throwing a whole bunch of information at people, hoping they're taking good notes, patting them on the head, saying, Godspeed, we'll see you in a couple months. Right. And when somebody is trying to make lifestyle change and learn about their body, that's just not a conducive way to have a fresh, efficient progress. So, yeah. so in late 2021, I was actually listening to a podcast and I came across a structure of how to work, like how to deliver functional medicine care. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what we need to do. So Aaron, who had recently moved, recently been through a divorce, I was like, hey, let's quit our job and oh start God. a new business. Do you want another life change? I have <laughs> We're just going to knock them all out all you, at you one time. To. Isn't that funny? It's always like that though. It's always like they all kind of happen at once. But then you're you're better for it on the oh, other side. But it, it sucks. So it. she trusted me, and we did it. And we were like, I more trusted the freedom practice coaching. <laughs> she uh, didn't trust you. I well, did trust you. No, I knew we were a good partnership, yeah. and I, so that I didn't worry about at all. It, the only space that or the only piece that was missing because we had talked about this before was just that learning how to put the structure in place that was actually going to be successful. And that's what this freedom practice coaching introduced to us. And I mean, that has been a wealth of growth and transformation that we've gone through with them. So we made the decision to to create Rising Tide Wellness in December and then opened in April of 2022. And it has literally the it is far exceeded our expectations as a as a 
career as a job, um, as a career path, but then also just the way that we get to connect with people and work with people. Um, and it's just really, I would say far exceeded what I anticipated. Yeah. Which which is funny. You know, we thought, I mean, we thought it was going to be fun and we thought we were going to enjoy doing it, but then it, you know, we used to work three days a week. And at one point I looked over at her and I said, remember when we used to work part time? (laughs) Now you have not just a nine to five, not your own hours, 24-7. Well, and then also, too, we thought we were going to do it on our own for a while. And so the first week, we we still had space of time. And so we would go to each other's house and, and be working together. And after the first week, we were like... We can't answer the phones and see patients. Like, how, how are we going to do this? It's not going to work. Yeah. So it actually is kind of cool. So one of our medical assistants at our previous practice um, in 2018, she came into my office and she's like, Jean, I have a great idea. I really want you and Erin to start your own business and I'm going to come and work for you. This was in 2018? In 2018. And so she was you young. seen her as a patient for a while. Oh, yeah. I met, we met in, in 2015. 2015. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Summer was in my office. She's like, this is going to happen. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. I mean, I had little kids. Yeah. I worked part-time. Yeah, like, starting starting a business. business is stupid. I'm yeah. not Why doing would that. I do that. And so obviously all this took place. Summer had left our practice and had gone on because of the work that, that we that Erin and I had done with her and for her. And she had become a health coach and had gone to another company and was working. And so we literally called her. Erin and I were like, oh, we'll do this on our own. This will be great. We called her day two. And we're like, okay, Summer, do you want to come work for us? I bet she was ecstatic. She was like, she was. She was. So that has been really, really cool. So Um, she's a health coach for y'all. She is our health coach. She is. I mean, she started doing kind of all the admin hats and everything, but it very quickly she just, we needed her in that health coach space because that is definitely her gift. Um, and she is, she's really good at it. And so, yeah. So then we have Sarah, our wellness coordinator, and she kind of holds us all together. And yeah, and we all does. need like a team mom. Oh, right? Yeah, she's so good. So yeah, I mean, we just, we have this kind of dream team and it really, even though it is blurred the lines of part-time, full-time, all the time, you know, it's so much fun when it's your own thing. So I also think kind of like side note, the fact like y'all both have kids, Mm -hmm. right? You're obviously both women, you own a business and you're taking care of your health. And that's like what society tells us that we can't do, that you can't have a full-time job. Y'all have more than a full-time job. You can't have kids, you can't have relationships and take care of your health. And you're like, there is a healthy way to do it. Mm -hmm. It is a struggle to, to juggle it all. But, you know, that's where working in a program like ours is so helpful. Well, I would say both ends. People working with us, you know, that's some of the support that we give and the accountability and the grace and, you know, helping to navigate how to do all of that, but not overdo it because that is so often what makes people sick. But then on the other end, our coaching organizations and like this mastermind that we're in, that's our support. And so we walk the walk and, you know, we're going to coaching meetings every single week. Um, And, you know, that is a really, really important space for us to be held accountable and to continue to learn and, and continue to have the support that we need too. So when well, I think we say this a lot, we practice, and I think it's really important in the space to practice what you preach. Um, but not just because you preach it, because we 
fully know and understand that our health is our greatest asset. And so we need it obviously for our own selves, but also to be a reflection of, of what we want practice members to see that you can, that it can be all the things, um, that you can have that vision and that life that, that you want. It just takes really intentional attention, um, to the things that are important, um, and your health being yeah, the number one thing. top priority yeah. or sh- needing to be a top priority. Well, and it takes support. I mean, everybody needs support. So, you know, that I think is one of the things that our practice members enjoy so much is just the community aspect and, and the ongoing touch points of places where if they are struggling that day or that week, they can check in and they can check in again. So, yeah, before we get into that, you mentioned, Y'all were trying to kind of do this before, but the conventional model was just not allowing you to provide the care that you felt like the patients deserved. What were some of those challenges and what were some of the reasons that the conventional model wasn't allowing this you? This is a very easy question. You got it. <laughs> this was the this this is like scenario of my day. I would see patients back to back to back from eight to three, 20 minute slots, no break. Now, when I first saw Erin in 2015, I had lots of breaks. But by the time I'd been doing this until 2020-21, like no literally no break. I mean, it was, I worked all the way through. So you can about imagine you would come into my office. I would get a, an assessment from you as quickly as I can, but don't try to tell me too much because that's going to take me too this long. And like I can't 20 patients a day. Yes. Mm. It's like every day. Like yes. This is normal. Yes. This became normal. Um, and you know, give me, I, I need the hot points. Like, don't give me your whole story. Cause I really don't I care. Can't. Like, I can't. I, 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 you didn't care. You just didn't have this. Well, but time. it was like yeah. a constant, like, Aaron's like, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> like you, you in that model, like, you can't. You yeah, can't. no, we were incredibly and burned out as yeah, well. So it was like, okay, give me what you can. I'm gonna make an assessment as quickly as I can, give you as much information because you know I've got to get the medical piece, I've got to look at your labs, I've got to and lifestyle is first in all of this work. Um, and so that's you know that's a quick fix. Let me talk about nutrition with you. Um, yeah, let me just but, tell yeah, you let, me, let me just let me just let me just breeze through that. So and it was literally, and it's so funny because we did have a lot of patients come with us from our previous practice and they're like, Oh my God, just don't tell me you're going to give me that one piece of paper with like 8,000 things oh, to do. Oh, actually had a piece of paper. It's like how to change yeah. your life in yes. 8,000 easy steps. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we would do that. And then, I mean, typical wait time in that model. I mean, I would, it would not be unusual for you to sit and wait on me for an hour yeah. plus. I, my wait times were Your a little bit better. Your wait times were better. Yeah. Um, but, but I also, it, it, I mean, I had my had long- visit times extended, like they were 20 minutes, but I could squeak it out to like 30 and not get too behind. But you still felt like you were kind of rushing, shushing people and rushing yeah. them out. Yeah. It, and it just, well, <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's like, if you, if you want to hear what your next instructions are, you gotta, you've got to yeah. be quiet. So anyway, yeah, that, so that was part of it. Um, the other space of that was support. Like you would, if you had a quest, like we would go through as much as quickly as we could. And if you had, and and then it would literally, like what she said earlier, be like, Godspeed, we'll see you in three months. Like you couldn't um, get another appointment for a while. Well, or if you even called back with a question, it has to go, it's like game of telephone through multiple layers to get that question answered. And sometimes the only answer is, this just needs another visit to discuss, and you know? Then they're like, okay, I'll come in this week. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll see you for another few months. Right. And you're like, this is so backwards. Well, yeah. and we tried different nutritional groups and things like outside of time. But, 
you know, as traffic is in Charleston these days, that was really difficult for people to make extra time to come on a weekly basis to our office or whatever. And, you know, but even we got pushback from insurance companies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I was brought in to do functional medicine. I'm getting people off of diabetes medications, cholesterol medications, high blood pressure medications. And all of a sudden, I we get flagged by the insurance companies. Flagged? Because and you're going to get audited. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 And threatened to be dropped as a whole practice because my practice now was billing higher level visits, which, by the way, was the same level that I was billing in allergy and asthma. Hmm. I mean, completely normal, but it was out of the norm for what they had been set paying um, for visits at this practice. And they didn't care about the outcomes, you know, that patients were doing better and getting off of medications. It was just the bottom line. And that really was a wake-up call to us that, you know, there was an overhead of control there that had zero interest in health and wellness. And that you don't have control over. Right. That, like, yeah. you as providers can have the best education and the best intentions and you're trying to do so much, but you just keep getting blocked and yeah. I feel like as soon as you realize that there is a another way, or as soon as y'all kind of started thinking about it, like there's no turning back. You you just got. Well, I mean, that's that's how we feel now. Having yeah. having the opportunity to connect with people in the way that we do now, um, and, and really take them through a process of like, you know, why is this important to you? Why are you here? Because that that far supersedes any like do X, Y, and Z well, so, or any, you know, specific lab goals or testing, anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So your story, you were kind of like diving into the functional med world a little bit. So tell me about your background. So my, I am a nurse midwife by training. So I spent my first years in um, obstetrics. And so I worked in a OB practice here in town. Um, and then, like I said, I was offered this opportunity to go work and, and, basically do hormone replacement was kind of my entree into this. And I was like, I know zero things about that. Um, and so through this, this other practice that we were in, I learned hormone replacement and then it was just kind of a layering on, like after I was like, Oh, hormone replacement's really effective, um, for a lot of women. Um, but why are some women, why do they tolerate it so bad? Why, why, why is this not working? And functional medicine, when Aaron introduced it to me was, really the answer to why it doesn't work for everybody because there's there's a much more effective personalized approach so you know if if you're looking to optimize your hormones but you don't tolerate a certain progesterone estrogen whatever well it's what's your liver doing what's your gut doing like there's just so many more questions to answer and so you know my going into that and then being introduced to Aaron that was kind of my entree into into this whole entire world, just kind of a layering on of information and then gaining experience and realizing like, oh my gosh, there's literally so much more that we can be doing. The Healthy Charleston podcast is brought to you by Made to Move Physical Therapy. Made to Move Physical Therapy specializes in helping you get out of pain and get back to doing what you love. We offer relationship-oriented, one-on-one, individualized care to all of our clients, and we believe in putting the patient's needs first. If you'd like to work with me or any of our other physical therapists at Made to Move, check out the link in the show notes and get 10% off of your first session. We have locations throughout Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Somerville, and Daniel Island. Don't waste another day stuck in your pain. 
Follow the link and schedule an appointment today. Were you delivering babies before? And then you're like, I, you know, those hours are kind of crazy, right? Better hours, better yes. pay. I'm going to go to this and I'll learn mm-hmm. about it. And then because you were there and your face was on a billboard, isn't it funny? Your face yes. made her cry like instantly. <laughs> like, well, you had a, a connection instantly. We didn't know what it was, but it was there. Well, it's, I love being, I, I, I all the time love being in this space. But, and I also, I mean, cause kind of our patient, well, the majority of patients that we work with are women. And I would say the majority are like 35 to probably 60. And we do both ends of that as well. And I see men And Aaron sees men. Um, But I just think about like my 26-year-old self in the regular OBGYN clinic when I first started and like having women in this age bracket come come in and like tell me all their problems and be like, yeah, don't that's, know what to do. that sucks. Yeah. And not <laughs> so be able to I help really them. think about so I, like you know when I'm sitting in front of and I was sitting in front of a patient this morning just feeling like so much of this work is so redemptive for me. Because, like, <laughs> oh thank God I can finally thank God I get yeah. to tell I get to actually help you. Yeah. Um and and see the fruits of that. Well, and I think the other beautiful thing about functional medicine is because of all these patterns that we're taught to recognize, there seem like there are these mysterious things like IBS or, you know, a connection of, you know, hormone issues and anxiety, gut issues and weight gain or anxiety, whatever. And, you know, when you can start explaining these things back to people or even asking the questions oh, well, if you have that, does this happen? And they say, well, yes. How did you know that? Well, it's a it's a pattern and you're not alone. And that just validates people I actually so told somebody much. this morning, I was like, because I, I literally had this exact same conversation of connecting dots that she was suspicious of, but had been told that's not an actual thing. Um, and she's like, oh my God, like, I promise you I'm not that smart. It's just, this is common sense. Like so much of this is common sense. And so like for her, it was so validating because her intuition, like what she knew about her body is actually correct. Yeah. Um, what and, was it? Do you mind sharing like what was going on? Oh, so this is actually kind of cool. Um, so she, and, and it took us a little bit of time to put this story together, but so I'll give you kind of her timeline. So at 15, she started birth control pills. And then, I mean, she started the whole conversation with, oh my gosh, I've had gut issues since I was a teenager. It's like all of my friends. Yeah. It's like already. All <laughs> people. Yeah. Yes. This is going to be like and everyone. So, and so her story was she started birth control at 15. She started having gut issues as a teenager. Once she graduated from high school, started college, she developed pretty significant anxiety and depression and had been to her GI colonoscopy endoscopy as a teenager and you know negative like you've got IBS um and gave her medication she started playing around with her diet started to see some connections like okay yeah there's some connections going on here with the diet she made some modifications on her own um I'm really curious because I have not looked at her lab work yet but she also had a difficult time getting pregnant um which I'm very curious about um and then as she's gotten older she's been through a fair amount of um a fair amount of really challenging stress and situations as she's moved from her twenties into her forties. Um, and now what she finds is that her GI symptoms are getting more severe and what she can tolerate food wise. Cause she made those connections 20 years ago is getting less and less. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
and and she started telling me this whole entire story and I was like did your GI symptoms start after you started birth control she's like oh my gosh yes they did like light bulb went off immediately. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, and that's something that's so common. And, you know, I told her too, I was like, you know, one in 12 women, birth control is such a driver of, um, and obviously like my background being in women's health. Um, I talk about that a lot and, um, and, and it's such a systemic driver. Yes. It prevents pregnancy, but you've got to be a very educated consumer, um, of, or user of birth control. And that's just what, I mean, that's just one example, but another, this is, we haven't even, we, I just thought about this the other day, you know, I hadn't talked about it in a while, but do you remember when we were at our first functional medicine course and at the end of it, it, cause it's all about like creating a timeline, making, making these connections. Mm -hmm. And my sister, um, she, I went back after my first functional medicine course and I was like, oh my gosh, this is your story because it was the same thing. It was birth control. It was ADHD meds. It was depression all through high school and college. Um, a lot of people, there difficult to get pregnant. Yeah. Acne and then antibiotics get thrown yeah, in there. So there and, there's yeah. a lot in the mix, a lot of stressors that kind of create the soup. <laughs> Yes. I don't know if that's a good yeah. like the stress the, soup, the mush of, yeah. of physical symptoms because it's all stress. I mean, whether it's, you know, lifestyle stress, whether it's food stress that's being put on your body, whether it's environmental stressors, emotional um, stressors. Emotional, I mean, that's yeah, the other trauma, thing that we right. thankfully have the time and the space to dive into a lot at this point is not only people's current emotional health, but past traumas and triggers and things that people don't even realize still impact them to this day. Um, and that can be, you know, something from childhood and, and lifelong. And it's just, it is stuck energy that lives in those cells and it will create disease until it is remedied. So. That's what I was going to say, like in your previous practice or, or way of practicing, you wouldn't have even had time had to, to mm -hmm. get to that part of the story. No, yeah. And that was such a funny thing with the people, some of the people who did come to us, we made everybody go through the same intake process. So it was almost like meeting them again mm -hmm. and starting with this hour long like, conversation. Mm -hmm. And I found more about people that I had seen for two or three years in that one hour conversation than I had known about some of them in that several years. And, you know, that it was nice. I mean, cause you know, it's the, creating these relationships with people is part of what we love about what we do. And I think that it's a part of creating wellness because people need to have a space where they feel held and supported safe and, and, understood. and supported, mm -hmm. supported. Yeah. So and how can you really help someone if, if you don't feel like you're understanding them, if you feel rushed when you're sitting in front of a patient and you're like, oof, I got 15 minutes to change this person's life. Yeah. You're not going to be You're not going to – they're not going to get your best work. Yeah. And then they don't feel understood. And I think um, what a lot of people don't realize is some of the most helpful information for us to, like, do detective work is what the patient tells you. Mm -hmm. It's not – I mean, yes, like, the labs and the assessment and all that stuff, like, obviously adds to it. But just being able to, like, hear the patient's full story – you kind of already have, like, it sounds like a, a hypothesis. Like you oh, kind 100%. of already think. Well, and, and that's, that's the way we frame it um, to the people that we do work with. Like, 
we need as much information from you. And, and, and that's kind of the way we start working together is we put people through a very structured and strategic, um, nutritional plan, not because we think that this is how they need to eat forever and ever, but it's really a tool to gather information. So you bring the information back to me, I'm going to come with to you with lab work, and then we're going to use those but all of that information to create a plan moving forward. And that, you know, that level of insight and depth, you, it, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. In well, the and we might have a hypothesis space. initially that then we have to pivot based on the information that comes out as we're working together. Um, but I think, again, that information coming from the patient or the practice member is so, so valuable. So what does that process look like? Like walk me through... I think first, like there might be a lot of people who are listening to this and they're like, mm, that's me. I need, I need to go see them. And there might be some people that are, that are curious. How do you know if you should go see a functional med provider, especially if maybe you're, you're not having symptoms that you know of or that you think are symptoms, but you want to optimize, you want to well, feel I was do gonna say- you, I think the first biggest question is, do you have a vision for your life? Do you have intention behind what you want for yourself? Because I think you dialing in and being clear on why is this important to you? Why is optimizing your health? Because it's not easy. I mean, we talk, we've talked about this all the time, like picking, picking your heart, going either way is, is difficult, but knowing what that vision is, what you want for yourself and then owning it, um, you know, really own it saying like, okay, I have in order for me to be healthy and to be able to live into that vision that I have for myself, I have to be an active participant, I have to own my um, health. and, and take ownership over my health. If you do those two things, the getting there is easy. I mean, and that's what we're really good at. So because we have the system and we're the support, but what I would say is no matter where you are in that spectrum, because functional medicine is not just about fixing people with, well, we don't, we always say we can't fix people, but it's not just about helping people heal from disease. It is so much about saying you are in good health. Let's continue to optimize that. Let's push that to the utmost right now so that we can have longevity and resilience for things that might come up in life um, because they always will. So you know, that there's a space for everybody and that w- what we're trying to do is help people, you know, meet them where they are. So that process looks like um, we have a, a webinar that we do several times a month that's just sort of an entry information about, you know, here's what we were hap- having happen in the conventional space and we decided to move into this model and here are some of the basics of kind of what we like to focus on. And then from there, if they feel like it seems like a good fit, then they can schedule a 15-minute discovery call, and that'll happen with either Sarah or Summer. And that's kind of a little bit more of a vetting process to figure out what's going on with them. Can we? Do we feel like we're the space, you know, that can help them? Um, And if they choose, then they can schedule a longer visit, an hour consultation with me or Jean. And it's in that visit that we really dive into kind of where are you now, how did you get here, or what do you think got you here? We always want to have a significant other um, with somebody at that visit. Uh, And I should mention everything that we do is virtual. Um, And that is really important, whether that's a spouse or a boyfriend, significant other, a girlfriend, um, or a parent, uh, or even a best friend. It just, 
really helps open that lens for us to get to know people and understand if they are somebody that is a good fit for our community and somebody that we feel is coachable and and is going to be successful in what we have to offer. So it's kind of an interview process, a double interview process. You know, we realize we may not be the best fit for everybody, but through those steps, that's where really once somebody decides to join the practice, you know, we're, we, we pretty much know that they're a good fit. And, you know, from there, then we have the standard labs and medical visits like you would in conventional medicine, but we also in between times have health coaching and, you know, that's offered both in group health coaching and individual. And we do a lot of workshops. So additional education, um, about various different topics. And then once a month we do an in-person meetup that is sometimes going to be exercise based. We do yoga on the beach. We took people paddleboarding in the beginning of the summer. And then we do, we pair up with different service organizations of, of health minded businesses. So, a lot of different touch points and, and places to get to know people. And we really are constantly tackling all of what we would call the pillars of health. So she kind of, she did good. She, she did. Really she well. just, she like, just really nailed wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> so really it, it becomes this like health community. It is. Well, yeah, because we it's, I mean, community. you're not going to, you're not going to do this work in a vacuum. Yeah. By yourself with no one else around you doing it. That's, um, it's interesting. I think that's what, part of what makes you different. What is it about having that that second person in the first intake that helps you and helps the patient? I would say the most common experience that I have, because again, my I, we primarily work with women, um, is that a lot, because this is an investment of your time, effort, energy, and money. And there are a lot of women that I meet with that don't feel like that they deserve that, um, that they deserve that attention. Um, and so the sweetest moments, I mean, cause that's a vulnerable space to meet somebody in, like, tell me all your deepest, darkest fears and your, you know, the desires of your life and, and to have, to see like the spouse typically is what we see say, nah, like you need this. Mm -hmm. Um, well, or just the recognition, you know, they had no idea how much that person was suffering. Suffering. Mm -hmm. I had that last week, a very supportive couple. And he just turned to her and he's like, I really didn't know that this is how much this was impacting you. And, you know, for us, I'm like, well, even if she doesn't end up working with us, that is a win right there to have that moment of communication. Um, but again, I have had it where it's friends, you know, somebody brings a friend or a sister or brother or something. Um, it just really gives us more space of conversation to really get to know that person. Um, and again, you know, we're, we're coaches beyond medical people. And so having that recognition of somebody and what is holding them back as well as what might be the keys to helping them move forward is a really critical thing. And now they have a almost like um, accountability. And a cheerleader right at home yeah. too, yeah. Well, and that is true. So especially if we're talking about significant others, we need to know, are you on the team or are you not? Because if you're trying to make change and your significant other is, or even kids are bringing home McDonald's every day, that's going to be a bigger uphill battle. And we need more of a commitment from you that 
either, you know, you can handle that or that everybody is going to be on board. And that is pretty common too, that we'll have one person come for the visit and it ends up being, well, why don't we both do this? The yeah. whole family. Well, yeah. and oh, I think we see, we see it work in so many different ways. I mean, one specific family that I'm thinking of, um, the wife joined and then she's been a really active participant in our community for well over, a, over year. a year. Yeah. Um, and her husband has lost he he he, he, he he just got it through the osmosis, the whole idea he, of the he, rising he, tide. Like he, it was filtering Yeah, he down. lost 30 pounds. The kids who are young kids, I think the oldest might be six or seven, getting, you know, everybody on board and they wanted to join a bike race. And then both extended families around the holidays said, what have you guys been doing? We want to do the same. Both oh, extended man. families yeah, ended so up cool. losing double digits and changing their entire holiday celebrations and menus around being a healthier and family I think, together. But I think a really cool thing to point out about that is like like who practice member, um, she was equipped because there's mm-hmm. such a depth of education that was that that she was able to to deliver those lifestyle interventions in a way that that was impactful because she was armed, you know, we talked about this earlier, but like that depth of of a toolbox. She had a bunch of tools now that that were going to be impactful for her husband, her kids and extended families. I saw I, I don't think I told you this I told Summer but um had saw a practice member yesterday who I started with her daughter um in July of last year. She joined in January. And I mean, they are like, I mean, it's just completely transformational. And she joined after watching her daughter and being like, okay, yeah, like I'm almost 50 years old. Like I need to do this not only for myself, but also to support her on her journey. Cause being a college age kid, you know, navigating lifestyle is, is challenging. So the mom wanted to be armed to support the daughter. And then we're also getting started with a husband, wife and teenager, um, here in the next family month or fair. so. Oh, it's, yeah. it, it's awesome. And that that yeah. happens yeah, frequently. It's cool to see, like, not only was she able to – it's one of the best signs of, like, have you learned this, mm-hmm. is being able to teach someone else. Yes. But also the fact that they saw such a change in her, that they could see the results, mm-hmm. that they saw them so much that they were like, well, wait, we want that I too. I want that too. Well, I'd say that to people all the time. They're like, how can I make my spouse or how can I make my mm. mom do this? And I think you can't make anybody want to change anything. I say the most motivational and inspirational thing that you can do to make someone change is show them a beautiful change in yourself. Mm, yeah. No, but I want to make them change. That's like what we all want, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> we talked a little bit before about like doing the work. And I want to know, I know obviously that looks, because it's personalized, it looks different for everyone. But if you can tell me an example or a story of, what does that you know, quote unquote treatment look like? What are the changes someone is making? What is the work? So we start with lifestyle interventions and that's, and that's, you know, we look at nutrition, we look at sleep, we look at movement, we look at how are you managing your stress? And it is all of these things, you know, what bucket do we need to really hone in on and focus our energy and attention? Um, and so that's, and it's not all the things all the time. I would say primarily we start nutrition is probably our biggest focus 
initially. Um, just because it's a lot of the noise. So you can yeah, can remove good. a lot of the noise a lot of the time once you're getting diet in order. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen in focusing on lifestyle first and like not just saying that. I feel like lifestyle first, that's like a cool thing to say and do or to talk about. Right. But actually doing it. And we've seen it because we've worked on both sides of it. Like we are using far less medication, far less supplements because we start and everything's connected to everything. So when you start with, you actually do the lifestyle interventions first, just like what Aaron said, you do get rid of the noise and can kind of get to, it just clears the picture, um, to get to what the root of the problem is. So we work through that and then we layer on, all right, what do your labs look like? So that's going to give us not only your response from the lifestyle interventions, but also the lab work, where do we need to really, are we moving in the right direction? Where do we need to really focus our energy and attention? Well, and I think that's really empowering for people to be able to see the before and after of just the the lifestyle work first. And then we will work with medications if we need to. Um, you know, that's kind of how functional medicine works is it's the marriage of both the natural and quote unquote holistic as well as the best of conventional. And, and so we're not anti-conventional, but we want to use as few medications as we can. And then, you know, beyond that, we're also, again, trying to educate just about all sorts of different um, areas of health, whether it is, you know, specifically diving into gut or specifically diving into blood sugar issues, or tomorrow we're doing a workshop on how emotions uh, affect your energy and your body. Um, So uh, really a lot of focus as people get some of the basics under their belt, we want to really start diving into what got you here. Um, and is there an emotional component to that or mold illness? We, we work a lot with, um, mold, which is unfortunately a really common thing. And so, you know, just starting to watch the patterns of the body and see how people respond to things starts to give us clues about what directions we need to go with next. So I like that you said, um, holistic in quotes, Mm -hmm. because I find myself doing the same thing because I think holistic now has not very defined. Right. And it has like a weird people are like, oh, it's woo woo. I'm like, no, holistic means that it's very integrated. It's like you said, the five the pillars of health. It's it's all health. Um, but I, I notice that like I do that same thing. Yeah, it does sound very like you're not just, oh, you have this problem. Here's how to solve it with this one pill. It's let's get your let's get your house in order. Well, and it's also realizing that one thing, depression, might be have six underlying causes. So, you know, the analogy that we use in functional medicine all the time is if you have a boat with 20 holes in it, you can't just fix three and expect that your boat's going to stop sinking. So, you know, it's really looking from all angles and understanding all the factors that might be impacting. So that's what I kind of want to dive into now. Like what are some, some maybe things that people are diagnosed with? Like you said, you mentioned IBS before that there's an actual, there's another story there. And then what are kind of the most common like patterns or struggles that people come to you with that you help them with? I mean, usually when I'm starting an assessment and I figured this out pretty early on after I'd met Aaron and started kind of working in functional medicine, I just started every single medical visit. And this would, this would help me kind of narrow things in. I would start with, do you have issues with your hair? Do you have issues with your skin? 
do you have issues sleeping? Do you have issues with your energy? How are your moods? So literally going head to toe, any GI issues, tell me about your menstrual cycles, vaginal issues, muscle and joint pain. You would be shocked. Like the patterns that you're looking for is there's a yes. Um, very frequently. I mean, all in of those, all of or those. to five or six of them at least. So people are like, what do you treat? All the things. Um, because everything is interconnected. Yeah. So like your joint pain is very likely related to your gut health, um, which is related de- to how well to are detox. you detoxifying, which is related to your, your sex hormones, which is related to your thyroid. So understanding that, all, you know, and I get a lot of like shame and guilt, like, oh my God, I'm falling apart. You must think I'm just a mess. Nope. I think that you're common. Yeah. Not normal. Not and we, we talked about that earlier, differentiating, like you're, this is very, very common, but the cool part is, and you know, once you start pulling one thread, mm-hmm. then, you know, it, it, it comes unraveled and you start to really get so much clarity and not even like oh, this isn't normal. You're not normal. It's like, you don't have to accept feeling this way because that's what, that's what I was going to ask y'all. Like all of those things, I'm sure anyone listening is like, yes, 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 yes. Like, yes, I have all these issues. We have just come to accept that that is, that is normal. Normal. Well, and that aging is going to be a deterioration Mm -hmm. and it absolutely does not have to be. Why do we have that belief that we, we just have these problems. Like I know it's kind of like an existential thought, but it is really kind of ingrained in our society. Well, I think it probably comes back to the pharmaceutical industry and that's where a lot of money and whether we're talking about coming from. Yeah. Well, yeah. So sadly, a lot of education. Um, I saw something yesterday that we are the only country um, other than New Zealand that is allowed to direct to consumer market pharmaceutical products. Otherwise, in other countries, it it is marketed to physicians and clinicians, but not directly to people. Um, And that increases the number of medications that people are asking for, which, I mean, being in medicine is still a business. And if you go into your doctor and say, I'm having this and I want to try this, they're probably going to say, okay, that was easy. You know, here's your prescription and come back in three months and tell me how it works. Um, So, you know, I think... It's a lowering of standards. It's kind of like the frog in the boiling water. I love that analogy so yes. much. Yes, <laughs> and it's just a lowering of standards and a complete deterioration over the last few decades of how people expect to feel. And it's also going back to like our busy culture and making busy something to attain, you know. The trophy it, to wear. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think if we don't address that, kind of societal mindset and what we're teaching our kids like our kids are feeling like crap and you know so they're they don't know any other way to feel and so if we don't address everyone in the household you know they don't have a better standard for how their brains can work how their moods can be how their cycles can be from the beginning um you know and it's really sad I think another component of that, and this is, again, just the population that I see so much, is kind of that transition from um, into menopause, right, for women. And there's not education there. There's not, you know, there's not, what should that transition look like? 
well, if you go off of what culture said, it's going to look like shit. Right. I mean, you're going to feel really crummy. You're going to get really fat. And Is she allowed to say that? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so many people are like, yeah, they just told me it was menopause. Yes. You suck it up. Everything is everything I'm dealing with is menopause. I'm like, you're 40. <laughs> and they were just well, like, oh, it's premenopause. Yeah. Or so in your 20s, it's, you know, oh, you're just stressed. Now that you're an adult or then you have babies. Now that you're an adult, oh, oh, you just have it's kids. It's just babies. And then it's, oh, it's just this. And so that's part of the issue is it's being brushed under the rug no matter what stage of life you're in as normal. And we just live in a stressed out society that unfortunately a lot of the times people feel like they can't back themselves out of. And so some of even what we do is like starting to push people of like – you don't have to feel this way, but I'm also not magic and I can't fix all your problems. I just saw a longtime uh, practice member yesterday. She's worked with me for years and we've had the same conversation about her career, which started out of a love for playing music, but ended up in she's missing her daughter's life and her health is suffering. And, you know, at she we skipped a visit, so I saw her six months ago, and I finally just read her the riot act, and I said, you're breaking down, and this is getting worse. If you don't address this, there's really nothing else I can do for you. And I saw her yesterday, and I said, we had a new test diagnosis that showed she was moving towards some autoimmune stuff, and I started into the same conversation, and she said, wait, I left my job. Wow. She said, I'm not fully out, but I'm halfway out. I'm training for a new job that I really love that is normal hours. I'm spending evenings with my daughter and my husband. And so, you know, the relief on her, and she said, I already feel so different. Um, And the relief on her was huge. And we know, like, that's only the beginning of what now her body can do healing-wise moving forward. How many people do you think – you could help if they quit their job. Like, uh, it's so if we common. could all move to a commune on a mountain. And just, right? And like barter for eggs. And I think about that. <laughs> It'd be lovely. <laughs> right. That, well, that's, I took my girls back to school shopping the other day. And obviously they're like, ooh, I wanna get this. I wanna get this. And my 11 year old was like, I mean, I just think everything should be for free. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I was like, there's a whole bunch of reasons why that would work. So, I mean, the way that I would flip that is we don't feel like we're working anymore. So, uh, my desire would not be for people to necessarily quit all their jobs, but to be able to find a space to move into something that you love, even if it's not. Well, if your job is is severely detrimental, then I would suggest trying to find a way out of that. But some people can do it just that they still do their job, but they lean into a purpose in their free time so much that it feeds them in a way that, you know, is is not is balancing out some of that other stress. I think one of the things that we've got power in for us being in this space, and we mentioned it earlier, but like the that kind of menopausal, perimenopause, menopausal transition is looking at it not like a decline, but like as a threshold that we're about to walk through. That it, you know, working out of the mindset that like the best is yet to come. Um, and that filters, you know, talking about our children and, you know, that's going to filter down to them because that's, and that's one of my biggest motivators. It's 
because I don't want my my girls and my son as well to be like, oh, well, when 40 hits, like <laughs> it's just a downward, it is just a downward spiral. And I had a big wake up call. And I think about this a lot. My son's best friend who I adore, we were just, you know, talking about college and what he was going to do. He was like, oh, well, I just want to... And so, I just want to join the army and then die when I'm 40 because everything else just goes downhill. Oh, wow. And I'm like, like how you're like okay. 16. Like, why do you think that? Like who I told you that. Because that that that's again, like it's that cultural norm. We're all like, like oh, I'm 40. 40, now. 40 seems ancient. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, well, when I'm 40 and you're like you're like checking your age, like, oh maybe right. you think I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> I want to hear from y'all a little bit. First off, like what are you working on personally, professionally, like health-wise this year? Do you want me to go? Go. Um, I am always working on my emotional healing because I realized early in the journey, I recognized that there were emotional stressors that were contributing to my hormone issues and, and my thyroid health. But definitely in the last few years, that space has been sort of opened up for me with um, energy healing and and Reiki and some um, other modalities. So now I know that there, even even when you feel like you're at a good space, it's always waves. You know, there's another layer that kind of gets peeled off, and you're like, oh gosh, didn't know that was in there. So, so that's kind of my constant journey. And then, as I told you earlier, the mold has just seemed to be something that continues to plague me here in Charleston. So we're always kind of working out of mold. Well, I think just to your, to the conversation back to like job and life stress, I think Aaron is such a beautiful example of like, since we've opened rising tide and since we've moved into this space that is so purpose-driven, that is so fulfilling for both of us. Like I personally, I mean, I liked her before, um, but <laughs> she likes, but I, I mean, it, seriously, Except I mean, when I know. try to make her do the emotional vulnerability yeah. stuff, <laughs> um, but I mean the shift in the shift in, in you that I've that that we, I know I think you know your kids would say the same thing oh, yeah. like it's it's been pretty dramatic and moving out of a really stressful and I would go as far to say toxic work relationship work environment into this space where there's just so much like fun and freedom um it, it's I, I mean you're an example day. of what we were just yeah. talking about so um for me I think you know in and, and we run into this a lot in our own work relationship with food. Um, and that when I started, this was a real, really big challenge for me. I mean, food as, as either a reward food as punishment. And I would say exercise being the same and, and over, I mean, it's, taken a minute to, to get to this point where I do feel that freedom and food and using food as nourishment versus like, oh, well, I ate this, so I have to act this way, or I need to push myself harder in this realm. And the same is true with exercise. Like I've, I've, I exercise cause I love it. Um, but it's not, but you also do it sometimes to keep moving to avoid other things. And you've started to recognize yeah. when you do that. When we um, use it, not just as a, 
I think sometimes exercise is our only tool for mental health. Yeah. And then it and, gets unhealthy. Yeah. Well, and I would say that that is also a space where I'm learning right now, like to the tune of like I would work out seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And so now Mondays, instead of going to work out Monday mornings, I have my longer meditation. I incorporate breath work. So there's other strategies um, that I am incorporating now. I do feel like my own personal work is very much a moving target yeah. um, because the season that I'm in with having teenagers at home and managing their and emotional health oof. and my emotional health. Like if you are not physically resilient, yeah, I don't know how you do this. <laughs> I really yeah, don't. Having three teenagers and they're just um, going through all this stuff. It's so, but I also believe, and I think a lot of this is the work and the women that I get to connect with. I know there's another side of it. Um, and I know that there is, um, you know, you live in the moment, but you also work towards that, that crossing that threshold or working towards that vision. And I think being, cl- staying clear on that is a, is something I'm working well, on. Well, and we talk a lot about legacy and, you know, what legacy do we want our kids to be left with from us? And I think that part of that is learning how to take care of themselves, but the whole selves and, you know, learning stress management techniques and that it's okay to speak up for yourself, whether it's, you know, in a healthcare space or other. And so, yeah, I think that's always something that we're practicing too. And how old are your kids, Erin? 14 and 13. Oh, so you, you have like full teenagers. All, we're all, all teenagers. the teenagers. Yeah. I appreciate you both being so open and vulnerable about like sharing what you are personally working on. And I know it's, I know it's personalized. I know it's different for everyone, but what are some like two to three kind of like cornerstone habits that each of you really do and rely on to help you kind of take care of yourself and take care of your health? I think uh, morning routine, like knowing when you go to bed at night and don't have to look the same every morning and mine does not look the same every morning, but knowing that you are pouring into your health right when you wake up. So, and not right into your phone, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, and that time to yourself. Right. And that can look a lot. I mean, it can look a lot of different ways, but being solid on a morning routine, I think is really, really important. Um, and then if I'm just picking two quick and easy things, hydration and protein, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, yeah, the morning routine for me is a big game changer to even just be able to sit down with my coffee in the morning. And if anybody gets in the way of that now, <laughs> and not because it's the coffee, it's just the ritual that I love that sit time. And so I do a 10 minute meditation in that time. And, you know, I have a sometimes journaling or, or just even sitting and listening to music. So my morning routine is definitely first and foremost. Um, I would say, you know, exercise of some variety and I'm not quite the, the gym rat that Jean is, but I do try to make it to the gym two or three times a week. And then, you know, beyond that is maybe walking or jogging, um, sometimes yoga. And so exercise always, and then I'm pretty religious most of the time about my 10 PM bedtime. There you go. Cause I yeah. know that I cannot <laughs> function well and I'm not the nicest person if I don't get like that. the red eye yeah. <laughs> the red eye I can't we had um we went to the, the concert on Friday night and it got delayed and then because of traffic we, oh that didn't finish till like 11 30 and then traffic we got home at one oh. and remember we live like seven minutes away and I'm still tired like it I just can't it's hard to get it back and now I'm like I don't ever want to be out of my house past 10 
anymore. <laughs> and like, that's kind of a, like, you you just, you feel good. And like, why would I not want to feel you, good? Well, right. it's, yeah. it is a struggle for me. I'm an extrovert. So if I have the chance to go out, I do have to kind of make myself go home. But I do, I, I always try to focus on that 10 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. It always helps to have that. Yeah. So how can someone listening connect with you? How can someone start to maybe become a client? What is that process like? Where can we find you? So you can find us on Instagram at Rising <laughs> Tide. Rising Tide Wellness. Oh, we, we had to go over this before we yes. started. Rising Tide Wellness <laughs> underscore CHS. There you go. Um, and then or on Facebook, Rising Tide Wellness Charleston. Or is that CHS too? <laughs> Maybe we'll have to we'll edit find this. We'll put um, it all in the show notes. And then, but the first way to get to kind of see what we're all about and to connect with us is to watch one of our hour-long um, presentations that we actually have one tonight. Oh, nice. Um, and they're they're three times a month, pretty regularly. You okay. can register. It's a free webinar. Register through um, through our website, um, risingtidecharleston.com. Oh, <laughs> It's the Charleston that keeps throwing you off. Yeah. Well, you know, and it has to be different things on yeah. each place. Um, but register or, for a webinar. Well, or you can email rise at risingtidecharleston.com. And that one There's sure lots about. of different ways. Lots and that one is ways. correct. Um, but from after you've watched the webinar, if this sounds, you know, if, if again, this sounds like like something that, that you want to move forward with and learn more, you'll have an opportunity to kind of take that next step. And we're very systematic about that stepwise entry process because it is really important that you know what you're getting into and that this is something that you really want for yourself. Yeah, that's huge to know what you're signing up for, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I love that. Thank you all so much for coming on. This was so fun, fun Hannah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to connect with Aaron and Jean and get started at Rising Tide Wellness, those links are in the show notes below. Otherwise, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston to stay up to date with episodes and things happening in the Charleston area and have a wonderful week.